0: But then mm-hmm. we're like, what, forty miles from the, like the city, so he just had to get back. Like all the cars and everything are gone. Mm-hmm. You still have to like get home, like even though your race is over. So he had to he had to still had to ride
1: like all <laughs> so long on like r- a bike that doesn't fit him. And like <laughs> he's like, so he's so tall too. Like <laughs> he, the bike was yeah. probably too small for him.
2: What up, party people? We've got another guest on the show this week. Hugo Scala joined us to break down the happenings at the inaugural Maryland Cycling Classic this past weekend. He and Scott both raced for the national team as they took on a handful of world tour teams to fight for the overall. I'm also fresh off the Dakota 5-0, which is a big goal of mine, so I break that down for y'all. And then we touch on the end of the Shenandoah 100 era. Some people are just out to ruin it for the rest of us. If you have any questions or feedback for the show, find us on the Instagram airwaves and drop us a DM so we can get you queued up for the next show. IG handles are Scott McGill Jr., Dylan Johnson, and Adam Seven 6 All right, let's get this bonk roast party started.
1: Hugo, did you do Maryland Cycling Classic? I did, yeah. Alright, the- well let's yeah. let's start let's start there. We should start there. How was it? Should we introduce him first? No, you don't need to introduce him. It's not that kind of podcast. <laughs> Adam right. will Adam will introduce him in the you know when he does the his fancy intro. Yeah, does he even I, do I, that? I
2: haven't met I have not met Hugo yet, but we'll figure it out.
1: Cool. All right, well, he's
0: right here. So, <laughs> so before I can't see either weekend, of you guys. You
2: guys are like you guys are like split screen, but you're I'm both, both off the that, screen.
0: We, we literally just got back from a ride, so we probably stink, so
1: we're not sitting too close to each other. <laughs>
2: no, nah, you're good. It's all good.
1: Before b- before this weekend, I didn't even know what the Maryland Cycling Classic was, and then there was so much news around it, uh, and I realized like how thick the competition was, and I was like, well, shit, this is actually a legit race. We should probably pay <laughs> more attention then. I guess. Maybe I just don't. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, since it seems like road cycling in the U.S. has been going downhill since the, you know, until now, now. (laughs) but it's like getting a resurgence, I guess. Um, Hopefully it was the start of that. Yeah. I guess I don't pay attention enough, but uh, yeah, yeah, it it
0: was pretty successful. Yeah. Scott's a regular on the news these days yeah Yeah, that's why why my race sucks so bad because i was just media (laughs) for fucking two days straight why why were you doing so much media because i'm like from here okay Well, you're you're also favorite
1: for the race and that but mostly because i'm from here so like if it if it had come down to like a, a big peloton sprint finish you were like the favorite u.s to win
0: Uh, yeah, probably a favorite, like American, but I mean, fucking Grunewagen was probably the favorite or Michael Matthews, but yeah, we'll start there. Everyone fucking thought it was going to be a sprint and it was like the farthest from a sprint I've ever seen in my life.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So uh, yeah. How did uh, that, why did that play out that way? Why, why was it? that? Um,
3: it It boils down to the, was it three world tour teams that were there? Four, four. They're all well, except one of them. They're all pretty much fighting to not get relegated from the world tour.
0: Mm-hmm. So like they're yeah. Like, so the teams are Israel, EF, and Bike Exchange.
1: Yeah. So and so they're then, all they're all kind of like on the chopping block, and yeah, they're like, all like
0: on that yeah. bubble of getting relegated. Yeah. And these one day races have way more points. Like I think the points go. I could. It's either forty or sixty deep. For a one day Mm -hmm. race. Yeah. And a stage of the Vuelta, points go four deep. Yeah. So this race, like, they wanted to stack, you know, it wasn't more, it wasn't as much about the win. Like, yeah, they were trying to win, but they wanted, like, as many riders in the top 10 or top 20 as possible to get as many points. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. in the beginning of the race, like, our plan was basically, like, I was kind of just gonna, like, sit for a sprint. And then, like, we wanted a rider in the breakaway because we had we had three riders from the Kelly Benefits amateur team. Mm-hmm. And the race started at the Kelly Benefits headquarters, and they were, like, a big sponsor. Like, John Kelly is the guy who brought the race, like, to Baltimore basically almost, like, single-handedly. Um, so we wanted them in the breakaway just to, like, be in the breakaway, you know, with the U.S. national team in the breakaway. And then, mm-hmm. like, Hugo and, like... A couple other guys were just like kind of sniffing out the break, but not like going to go in a break of like three dudes or something. And then the beginning of the race, it was just like a break of like twenty five went up the road, and Hugo was in it with three riders from every World Tour team. So then they were just
1: drilling it like the whole time. Yeah, and he then- had like five dudes.
3: Yeah, <laughs> had like more than half their team in that move, and they were drilling.
1: Uh-huh. So, so, so then-, then, so then also none of the. None of the other world tour teams wanted to do any work. Yeah,
0: well, the well, bike exchange—that's where many, they messed up. How That's where bike yeah. exchange.
1: They, bike exchange had two,
3: like, random guys. I guess not—not not their leaders on the team in that move. Mm-hmm. And they probably should have brought it back quickly because they two, the two guys they were working for. I assume Michael Matthews and Grenowegen were not in there, so they yeah. probably should have brought it back.
0: But and, and then when it went. I was like, all right, this isn't bad because Bike Exchange is going to want to control it and EF is all up the road, right? So they're all – like they're not going to trust their two guys in the break versus four EF. Sure. So I'm like, all right, this is perfect. Bike Exchange will control it. Even though it's 25 guys, they're not going to work that well together. But then – and then they started controlling, but then like Matthews just randomly attacked. Like, I don't know, probably 60K in or something. Maybe maybe From more. the Peloton? From the Peloton. Okay. And then that just started like a flurry of attacks from the Peloton. And then mm-hmm. like it was just full gas racing from there. Like more aggressive racing than I've from farther out than I've like seen in any race mm-hmm. ever. And no one like the brake never got caught. Like,
3: yeah. The, yeah. The, the how how far up
2: that, was the, the break at this point?
0: Like yeah. minute. Anywhere from, I yeah. mean, we were, I wasn't even getting that big of time gaps because we got a pretty
3: big time gap early on. I think the biggest I heard was like around four minutes, maybe a little more, um, pretty early on. Hmm. So, yeah. And then the four guys that ended up making it to the line were all in that early breakaway. So, so yeah, the, the race was, well, it was one in the first, yeah. And the
0: first 20 K. Yeah, yeah. It's first
3: 20 K.
2: Wow. So the break never got caught, but it eventually just dwindled down. Like, yeah, yeah,
0: okay. And then, like, the Peloton, basically, like, I was like, a, we were, and then Hugo was in the move, but then, yeah, you can tell him what happened. Yeah, I had, unfortunately, I had some bike issues. <laughs> uh, my, yeah,
3: my bike stopped shifting early on, mm. and, um, I had to get a bike. Sram or changed. Shimano?
1: Or do we, sh- do we not want, want, want to say for sponsor purposes? <laughs> no,
3: I mean, we're not, like, the, we're not, the team I'm on isn't really sponsored by, I, any company we're kind of just yeah. using whatever we can uh so yeah i had shimano and
2: was it electronic yeah. shifting
3: yeah yeah the, so it just the died mechanic, the mechanic no the mechanic thinks i guess i mean the mechanic thinks it was either a junction box failure or one of the di2 wires wasn't working or something i don't know i couldn't Jeez. shift
1: and that I does have, really scare me about uh, Shimano DI2 you're not the only person that I've heard th- that happened to with Shimano yeah. DI2 I mean I, I, th- I think they really need to get away from wires and have it yeah. be wireless not that wireless is foolproof but
3: yeah you know. I mean I've gone through this is a third de- rear derailleur of the season because the just the motor and the other two just stopped working <laughs> Wow so freaking garbage um, man. Yeah, yeah, I've had some tough, tough luck with equipment this year. But uh so did yeah, you at least get?
2: Did you get in a good gear at least? Like, could you at least continue no, paddling?
3: Was, no, it was, it was pretty bad. I was stuck in a pretty easy gear, and like the the my so the the spare bike I got was in the middle of the bike rack on the team car. So the team had to once we once we decided I did need to get a bike change, we the team car had to like pull over. And like get the get my bike in like a spot where they could easily grab it once I stopped to get the change and mm-hmm. so yeah I was kind of getting dropped from the break on like downhills just because I couldn't keep up and but luckily they got wait like they wait got so
2: the, the team days. the team stopped prematurely like they stopped to get your bike ready just to have them stop again why not just like stop all at one time
3: because they would have had I don't know like they would have had to take it like two bikes off the rack and then gotten mine. And then, and mm-hmm. I don't know, like we only had like three.
2: Yeah. But you're the only guy in the move. Bike. Like, you, I mean,
3: <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, those mean, I, bikes. Don't, I don't know. Like the, our director was just saying like, we like, cause I went back and the mechanic was trying to fix it while I was still riding my <laughs> original bike. And he's like, no, we got to have to change. And like, He pushed me back in the group and said, like, we'll come back up after we, like, get your bike ready or something. I don't know. Um, Because I don't know if our spare bikes were – we only had four spare bikes and seven riders. And so Mm. I think maybe they had to, like, you know, get the saddle height ready or something. Gotcha. Um, But, yeah, I I got that changed. And I got got back up there. And then (laughs) – the rear wheel on that spare bike, the lock ring came off. And so my rotor was coming off pretty much. Um, wow. And yeah. and Yeah. So the, the rotor ended up coming off and I had to stop. And
2: the, the yeah, because if fought. the rotor comes off, then it's still like wrapped around the axle. So it's just like clanking around and stuff. Yeah. I
3: was making a terrible noise. <laughs> yeah. And the worst I'm- part about that was I was radioing back to the team. I'm like, like, what's going on? Like, is is this safe to ride? Like, what what should I do? And he, they were saying, it's fine. It's not dangerous. Like, just, I don't know. <laughs> just, like, the, he was he was going in between the, the group and the breakaway. We had one team car. And so he was going back to the group to, like, you know, give bottles to the guys in the group. And then he would come back up and give me bottles and stuff. And so half the time he wasn't up there and... Um, yeah, the worst part about that was all the world tour guys in the break giving me crap.
1: I, you know, I have had a, a lock ring for a disc brake come loose during a mountain bike race, actually, and I didn't know what it was at the time, and I just kept racing for like four hours on it.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to think of like what would happen. I mean, the, the rotor is probably still stuck between the brake pads, right? yeah it's just like rubbing on the brake pads the whole time it didn't
1: end up it didn't end up being a problem because the rotor the brake pads just stayed like the brake pads
2: were what kept the rotor in line yeah 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 but i don't know it still sounds super (laughs) sketch yeah for sure at least it was the rear wheel i guess but if it was the front wheel man there's no way i'd keep riding that
1: yo what's up with you guys you guys here or what we back. All right, it's it's recording. So it's right. working. Okay. I don't know what you did, but you did something. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay. All right, so here you go. Did so we, you, did we get, did we get that first part of the conversation with the yeah? It, it yeah. happened like thirty okay. seconds.
2: Cool. Like we missed thirty seconds. Yeah. Of it, so. so so here you go. So you're you're in the move. Your di two stops shifting. You get a new bike. Yeah. Then your rear rotor falls off. It's, it's not even like at one break, and it's like just making a bunch of noise. What like yeah? What are the other guys in the break? I mean, what are they doing? Like, what are yeah, they well, saying they, to you?
3: They can see my rear rotor was like wiggling around, like making. Is a it terrible, like sparking and shit? No, no, it was just oh, making. that been awesome. <laughs> yeah, I was just making a terrible noise, and they're they were telling me like, so the dude that ended up winning, Sep Van Mark, the Israel dude. Like told me like multiple times that like like do something because it's dangerous and you're gonna cause a crash. <laughs> um, and yeah, and then the like Nielsen Palace said something to me. He was pretty nice about it though. Some guys were not as nice about it. <laughs> so,
2: so one thing you could have done, you could have just stopped, pulled your wheel off, chucked the rotor, and just gone on with one brake.
3: Yeah. or yeah I mean i we just got about another bike well, well the the car wasn't there sometimes
2: dude I wouldn't trust another bike at that point
3: what I should have done is just like the noise started happening pretty early on where the race hadn't like it hadn't been lit up yet like it wasn't that that hard at that moment and what I should have done was just immediately called the neutral moto up mm. to to give me a a rear wheel. Cause the spare bike had Shimano and Shimano was neutral service. And so I, sh- uh, yeah. Um, that's what I should have done. And then gotten back in.
2: Dude. And- it's so complicated these days though, with like, um, with disc brakes, because like the rotor spacing is always different on wheel to wheel. So like mm-hmm. you could get a rear, you could get a spare re- wheel, but if the rotor is not perfectly aligned, it could be like 50 Watts. If it's rubbing mm-hmm. the whole time, like it's, yeah, it's kind of a pain.
3: Yeah, our other teammate Eddie Anderson had a <laughs> an interesting <laughs> encounter with neutral service at this race too that ended his race. So,
0: yeah, he like he I guess he just it, right? Flattered. Just a normal flat, but the team car was but with the brake. We didn't have two team cars. I I don't, know. most teams probably had two team cars. I think so. Um, at least just like a van, a second car with no maybe just wheels. Um and so we got a neutral wheel. And when the guy was taking his a- axle out, he ripped his derailleur off, the neutral oh. Shimano guy. <laughs> so then he had to uh. get on, like, a spare bike, which, like, his race, your race is over at that point, right? When you, they had to put pedals on the bike.
3: Yeah, like, this was a, a moot, like, Shimano neutral service spare bike. At least I was on a spare bike that our USA team mechanics had, like,
0: brought. And so, mm-hmm. like, like we, we had yeah. him set up, and he had all our measurements yeah. and shit yeah. to like change. Like, we had four bikes for seven guys, so they right, would just yeah. mark the seat post or whatever, had like your measurements, and then. But this was just like Shimano. Yeah, I don't actually
3: know if it was a Moots, but it was like some random. It was some
1: <laughs> weird looking <laughs> thing. Moots. Moots would, would look- be a weird choice because they're very <laughs> expensive and they're not very right. racy.
0: Yeah, it just looked like one, so it probably it was like some. Me- it wasn't carbon. I know that, yeah. and then. But then, so his race is over. But mm-hmm. then we're like, what, forty miles from the, like the city? So he just had to get back. Like all the cars and everything are gone. Mm-hmm. You still have to like get home. Like even though your race is over, so he had to. He had to still had to ride like <laughs> so had to however ride, long on like r- a bike that doesn't fit him. And like <laughs> he's so <laughs> he's so tall too. Like <laughs> yeah. the bike was yeah. probably too small for him. And then after the race, the Shimano guy came up and and had his bike with the rip that he ripped the derailleur off. And he he comes up to our like van and he's like, "All right, where's mine?" Like he didn't like <laughs> apologize for like ripping his derailleur off or
2: wow anything. What well, he like? We made it seem like he like gave him his personal bike or something. Like pretty much, yeah. yeah the yeah. guy was a <laughs> dick. Dude, what is this amateur quackery going on over there? Like, this is the biggest U.S. or the Mm -hmm. biggest bike race in the U.S. for road racing, and you guys don't even have real support? Come on. Well, we had support as a team, but, like, that's just stuff just Oh, this was the neutral support. That's right. Eddie's was the neutral. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Hugo was the. Dude, I feel like Eddie has some bad luck, man. Like, he, he, I, half the time he does pretty good, and then half the time it's like something goes wrong. Um like whether it's mechanical or whatever, but yeah.
2: Yeah. Last year at Steamboat, Eddie crashed out of the front group into barbed wire and I had to like basically peel him out of the barbed wire. And I gave him like my base layer to wrap around his face because he was like, his lip was gashed open. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Dude. He's got some bad luck.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And he was, he was sick for the first half of
2: this season. Yeah not good so 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 what so what ended up happening like in the in the group like in the bunch then because if only four guys ended up making it to the line uh was there still like a bunch sprint for fifth since since everyone wanted points no it was like like only four guys made it
0: in a sprint for first right we're racing for the win and then the rest of the breakaway kind of trickled in
3: the race exploded. Uh, like, the race
0: was were, completely exploded.
3: There were groups all over the road. And okay. then, like, oh, wow. I was ba-
0: I was basically in the quote-unquote Peloton. But, like... We are in the Gruppetto. It, it, <laughs> it eventually turned into the Gruppetto because so many guys had, like, gone up the road. And, yeah, it was... we. So we just, like, made the group that me and Hugo, when we got to the circuits, we basically got, like... Like, we got out of time limit. Because, mm. yeah. like, we were in the circuits. Only, like... 40 guys finished the race.
1: Wow. Mm. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. And it's crazy because everyone expected it to be a sprint. Yeah. That's like why. So,
2: Hugo, so even like, like how did the, um, like the brake dynamics work when it shattered? Like.
0: Yeah. So there was,
3: there was three KOM climbs, I guess, that they labeled throughout the race that were just, they weren't particularly difficult. If you, they're just like, yeah, they weren't anything crazy, but the way they were raced like up the second KOM EF, which had like five or four guys in the move, they drilled it up the second KOM and that's what shattered our original breakaway. Hmm. Um, and then from there, I don't know. Yeah. From, I was, I was caught by our other teammates group. Noah, his group came up to mine and yeah, that group ended up shattering too. Um, so, yeah, there was no, no group had good, like, work dynamics. Everyone was just, some people were sitting on, others were working, and so that just caused everyone to just attack, and it wasn't, which made it hard.
2: Yeah, because so. I'm sure, like, like the teams themselves don't want to get relegated, but then all the riders that are part of those teams also need to try and do something at the end of the season in case the team does get relegated, mm-hmm. right, so they still potentially have some offers from other world tour teams. So yeah, I'm sure it was just super cutthroat.
3: Yeah. And like, it was big race for human powered
1: health too. Like they had all mm-hmm. their sponsors are at this race. Um, so they, so why is a team potentially getting relegated? Cause they're moving up another team. No. Yeah. Because
0: like now I, it's the top 18 teams in mm-hmm. the world tour ranking and UCI points over the last three years. Okay. Get a world tour license for the next three years. So the two teams that are moving up are Alpecin and Arkéa and they're like yeah. pretty far up there like Alpecin's like the 7th ranked team even though they're not World Tour. And then uh now the teams like Israel-Lotto, Bike Exchange EF, Movistar
1: are all like in the bubble. That's get, crazy that Movistar is on the bubble.
0: Yeah, and it's because of the points weighted like I said earlier like sure. One-day races have so many like, but stages of the Vuelta have, like, no points. It's so weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah,
3: like, Matt White, the w- director for Bike Exchange, was quoted after the race saying the system needs an overhaul or something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so Israel's probably in a pretty good position now because they won this race, they won a stage of the Vuelta, like. Yeah, but they were, like, the bottom
0: team by, like, a good amount also. Gotcha. So now, okay. like, I thought they were done. Like, yeah. So now they might um, be like in the hunt again. Gotcha. But we'll okay. see. Cool. Yeah, that's pretty much it, right?
2: Yeah. So it in, and Hugo, are you are you trying to make the world's team too? No, no, I'm not. I, I'm not
1: even <laughs> in consideration. <laughs> so. Scott, are you are you trying to make Scott, the world's yeah. team? Yeah, I think I'm in. You're Sick. in. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So yeah, like a, a lot of guys, good, is it a good course for you?
0: Um, well, I mean it's the world, so it's going to be fucking hard,
1: but Yeah, I mean, sure. <laughs> but like it would it would suck if it was like hard, but it's also like a mountaintop finish. So there's two Yeah, no, it's not like that. it's it, there's <laughs> like
0: there's like a 1k climb. Clon- it's a circuit. Like you do a little you do like go out and do like a loop or whatever. Sure. And then you do this circuit for most of the race, and there's a 1k
1: climb at like nine percent every lap. Okay. All right. So that's it. Could be it's it's gonna be hard. Yeah, I mean, I guess the best for you would be if it was dead flat. Yeah, so then it's can, like I can like you can like fake it, right? If it's just yeah. a big bunch sprint, like you
0: can get fucking lucky. Yep. But it's gonna be harder to get lucky on this race. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> Sweet man.
1: Yeah.
2: When is Worlds again? Like, three weeks?
1: Yeah. Sick. Cool. We'll have a lot to talk about. Yeah. Uh, anything else from Maryland Cycling Classic? Was there a women's race? No, no. there's no women's race. But they... Next year. So ne- yeah, next year there's yeah. going to be a
0: women's race. I think they just wanted to, like... Get it going. Yeah, like, see if it would work, almost. Which I haven't... It did. Yeah. I mean, the, it was pretty cool. Like,
3: the... Before we even got to the circuits, the amount of people out on the roads, like
2: everywhere,
0: yeah, like mm-hmm. in every driveway that yeah. like people were sitting at the end of their driveway, like
2: in their lawn cool. chairs, it
0: was really cool, drinking yeah. and watching, and
2: that's crazy. Yeah, that's yeah what, I mean, I would, it I sounds would, like like that's like your, European racing.
0: Yeah. Well, right. I thought it'd be like a bunch of rednecks like pissed that the race is like <laughs> blocking them from moving their hay around
1: or something. No, dude,
2: like that's that. that's unbound, <laughs>
1: dude. Yeah. That's uh, Shenandoah 100. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah that got canceled huh? yeah, uh if we're done talking about the Maryland Cycling classic, dude, I mean a lot of people probably don't care or don't even know what the Shenandoah 100 is, but in my mind, Shenandoah 100 is like the East Coast Leadville. Sure, it doesn't have quite the same level of competition, but for an East Coast race and and it's also a 100 mile race, I mean, it was always it was always the most competitive East Coast 100-mile race and maybe I'm biased because it was like the first 100-mile race I ever did and also it went you know growing up in Virginia like it's in Virginia but it's been going on for 24, 25 years or something like that and it was going to happen this year and then Literally, probably three or four days before the race, maybe not even, maybe like two days before the race, uh, they announced that it was canceled because I, I guess locals complained about them using some of the local roads, uh, and and I think ultimately what got it shut down was that you know you know five hundred people are doing this race and apparently. In you know they need some sort of septic system to handle 500 people, but all they have is porta potties, and porta potties doesn't count. So that's what ultimately got them shut down. But but the race has been going on for 24 years, and no one no one cared about that. Uh, they like the locals just used that in order to get the race shut down. Like basically like locals that were just really pissed that there was a bike race on their roads. So Damn. I don't know. Kind of sucks.
3: I feel like that's a pretty common problem in the
1: U.S. Yeah, like I like I
3: don't know. That had to be that had to have been a reason for like big road races, professional road races, getting
1: canceled and stuff. Yeah, and. And at this race, too, um, they've had problems with locals in the past, like switching course markings, like the arrow points one way and the locals switch the arrow so that it points the other way. And then, like, everyone goes off course and it's, you know. Um, like at BWR Kansas, <laughs> I heard about yeah. that.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, probably similar to that. Um, so, Dylan, so, so I mean, it's a mountain bike race. Like, is there no way for them to divert around some of those roads and like
1: so yeah so this was the thing so i think 4 days before the race these people were complaining about them using local roads so then 4 days before the race the race director diverted the entire course so that it wouldn't touch any roads it's it was entirely off road and by doing this he had to shorten the race so instead of 100 miles it was now 85 miles but at least he could still put on the race, right, and then that's when they came back with this bathroom issue, like they're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, you can't even do the race because this guy doesn't have the right bathrooms, uh which is b s like you know he 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 gets like tons of porta potties there's it's never there's never been an issue of like somebody can't go to the bathroom, <laughs> so it's probably <laughs> yeah, more
2: know. of the problem that people just don't use the bathrooms
1: uh yeah i don't know (laughs) um but yeah i don't know it's i really hope that it's not i really hope that it just you know it got canceled this year and it's unfortunate and it continues on um hopefully it's not the end of the Shenandoah 100 forever because that would definitely suck
2: yeah
0: hey scott hey Good to see you again. Can you see me now?
2: Now I can. Your
0: head just pops out yeah, of nowhere. are sitting so close together like the camera is not.
2: <laughs> What'd you do this weekend, Adam? Um, I, I had a mountain bike race on like, the west side of the state in Spearfish, South Dakota. It's called the Dakota fi- Dakota Five O. So it was a 50-mile mountain bike race. Nice. How'd it go? Um, yeah, it was good. I mean, it it went like as good as it could have considering circumstances. Um, I crashed super hard during pre-ride two days before the race. Um, nothing like, like nothing broke or anything, but I like, I don't know, kind of scraped up my whole right side and it was kind of just like, I don't know, shook me up for, for a bit. Um, like the rest of the pre-ride kind of sucked. Um, so I was like a little timid because of that, but I don't know, once the race got started, it wasn't, didn't affect me too much um then during the race i like made the front group up like the first major climb and then my bottle cage came loose up the second climb mm-hmm. so i had to keep like fiddling with that have you ever had that happen dylan yeah totally what, what do you usually do like it's never happened to me before what if your bottle I'll cage fucking... rip it out that's what i was like i was thinking about <laughs> Dude, doing you that You damage your I... frame doing that that's why Yeah, i didn't want to bust my frame. frame
0: later yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's not worth a six thousand dollars S Works frame, probably. Or
0: if you can reach
2: down and the bolt is sticking out enough, you can loosen it and just lo- well, take it off. So, so I did the opposite. I was trying to tighten it because I was going up a climb, so I was I kept trying to re-tighten it so that it would stop like rattling around. Because mm. um, I didn't want it to like fall, do the thing where like one bolt falls out and then it's like actually it's, stops like, hitting
0: you in the leg.
2: Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I kept trying to like tighten it, but it wouldn't, I could never get it tight enough with my fingers to like actually cinch it down. Mm. Um, so I don't know, eventually like, I, I I like kept doing that for like probably 15 minutes until I got to the next aid station where I needed to get some bottles anyways. And I just quick hopped off and tightened it down with a wrench. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how, I think it, I think it probably came loose when I crashed on Friday and I just like, didn't think to double check bolts and stuff. Um, cause I like yeah. wrecked super hard and like my bike went flying and shit. So I'm guessing it probably just knocked loose during that or something. Um, so that kind of set me back a little bit. So I, I lost touch with the front group up that climb and then I missed a turn maybe oh 10 miles later, which cost me like another, I don't know, probably a minute. Um, and then I flatted with three miles to go. And that cost me like another minute. So So it's like
1: like a race of mishaps.
2: Yeah. I was like, I mean, yeah, just like I kept fighting back and felt like I was like, I was riding super strong, but it was just like one thing after another kind of went wrong and it wasn't anything major, but it was like enough to like, you know, lose a five minutes probably overall or something like that. Sure. Um, the sick thing though was when I, when I flatted, so I flatted with one mile of single track to go. And then there was like three miles, two or three miles of gravel to the finish. Mm Mm-hmm. So I was fifth when I flatted and then sixth place passed me. So then I was in sixth and luckily I was able to like plug it and hit it with CO2. So it was like pretty quick fix. Um, so dude, Scott, you were, you were making fun of me for having those tire whizzes. Dude, the, yeah. the tire I'm whiz like, was was still like funny. Yeah, dude, the tire was was key though, because I knew I he had this like. It to me.
1: I don't believe you. Yeah. So he knew so, he had a flat, dude. He knew he had a flat.
2: I knew yeah, I had well, a flat.
0: i kind of and I know it when it's fucking the rims touching the ground.
2: <laughs> no, yeah, I knew I had a flat, and it went from like you know 18 psi down to like six, like super fast. So I knew it wasn't going to seal. Um, even though like I like you know wrote it for I don't know hundred yards trying to get it to seal, but it wouldn't seal. So hopped off, hit it with the bacon strips, mm-hmm. like plugged it up, um, stopped gushing at that point. So I was like, sweet. This is the key though. Like, <laughs> I screwed up the, the nozzle on the CO2 insufflator thing, the cart, whatever the, uh, you know, insufflator things called. Um, I like screwed up and lost like half of the air trying to, trying to screw it on. And and then when I finally like hit it with the CO2, I wasn't sure if it was enough. Dude, my thing told me I had 18 PSI. It was like perfect. Mm. So that's how I knew I could just friggin' rip the descent then. Cause I had to. So so here's where it's six. So uh so sixth place passes me, and I, I didn't know who it was, I just knew he was in a white jersey. And I was like, damn it. So like there goes top five. So I've got like a mile of single track and then this like ripping fast gravel descent. So kind of rip the single track, get out, pop out, and I can see him up the road. Um, But he's probably got a minute on me at this point or 45 seconds, something like that. Um, Like, I definitely didn't close any gap on the single track. So I just, like, ripped the gravel super hard, super tucked and everything. Um, But because I knew I had 18 PSI still and it wasn't losing air, I didn't care that I was, like, like, I wasn't worried about super tucking, right? Because it was, like, sealed. That's where I was, like, for me, it was, like, kind of like a confidence assuring um but i ripped the ripped the gravel road there was like one one minute climb at the towards the finish like up this pavement thing then another like fast ascent and then it was into the finish line shoot and i out sprinted him in the in the finish shoot basically Um, but it was dave weens dave weens yeah dude dave weens was at the race yeah He's old, but he's still strong.
1: I would hope that you could beat him in a sprint.
2: (laughs) Yeah. No, I kind of dusted him. And it it was like, I was probably 300 meters from the finish line when I came around him. And I just like made it my mission to pass him so fast that he like didn't even want to respond. Sure. Um, And afterwards, he was like, yeah, there was no way I was going to respond to that. Um, Mm -hmm. Nice. So how the fuck did the tire whiz help you in this (laughs) (laughs) I just told you. So the tire whiz, because when I I popped out on the single track or out on the gravel road, I knew I still had the same amount of air that when I plugged it with the CO2. Mm -hmm. So like when I, when I super ducked the (laughs) the descent, I wasn't like worried about it, man. I wasn't like worried. I was going to, you know, flat out in the corner or something.
1: Scott would have just sent it with like five PSI. Like (laughs) you can feel the tire and be like, all right, it feels like approximate.
0: What? If you had 20, (laughs) you think you would have lost it? 20 PSI?
2: No, no, no. If I, if it, if it had gone down to, you know, five again but can't you fucking feel five psi like when you're riding not it? as much on a hard or on a full suspension mountain bike i don't know <laughs> <laughs> I, think I, could, I think i'd be able to feel five
0: five percent or five psi
2: yeah but it's so much easier to just look at your computer and it tells you you've got 18 psi so you can just keep bombing it at 40 how plus do miles an hour like work what is it it just it, it's like a little insert that you put on your uh tire valve stem it goes on the inside of the tire. No, no, no. It's it's on the outside. It's on the valve. Like there's a it's little on the valve. You yeah. just
1: sw- swap your valve. Do you swap? You the take whole your valve? valve
2: core out and you put this little insert in. Mm-hmm. And oh. it looks like a li- it looks like a little flag kind of on your on your valve, but it's like rigid plastic. And then and then you put another valve core in on the outside of that, and then it just connects to your computer and it just tells you what your pressure is. Do you have to like charge it? No, it just uses like a little battery that lasts probably forever. I don't know <laughs> until it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, it says that it lasts like three years. Nice. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, it's just like gauge. Yeah, it's, it's like a a, it's a gauge. Yeah, but it but it just reads to your computer.
1: I, I you know, I. I can see something like that being useful at a race like unbound where you you're basically definitely going to get a flat at some point and then when you have the flat you can know exactly what pressure you have in your tire and you can know whether it's a slow leak or it's holding.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Or like eventually if it I mean yeah, I mean you if it if you only lose 3 psi and then it's and then it holds at, you know, 3 less psi, you know that it's sealed and you can keep going
3: hmm
2: otherwise like i don't know you're just questioning it i know it's not so, just sending it the whole time but <laughs> some of us actually care about our life yeah well, you, you got a kid so you, you respect your own body <laughs> yeah <laughs> dude so, so 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 has this ever happened to you well i guess you can't super tuck anymore because it's illegal in road racing but um i was super tucking in my the inside of my knee grazed my tire yes, oh that's yeah, definitely happened, happened to me, to me. okay that's yeah. happened to yeah, me on like, a mountain bike got like, not a road yeah i yeah, I was on a yeah. mountain bike, but um, yeah. yeah, I've got like a huge rug burn on the inside of my knee.
0: Yeah, however, mountain bike shaped, it's like easier to do that. I guess because mm-hmm. the tires are, are like stick out farther, you know?
1: There's side knobs. So that too, yeah. <laughs> I got a listener question, and usually we save the listener questions for the end, but it's super relevant to what we're talking about. So I think I might just go ahead and.
0: It's also been talking a while. so
1: Yeah, I don't think we have much else to talk about, anyways. Well, dude, we have to talk about pacing, right? No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, so the listener question is, what's the biggest equipment mistake you've each made at a race, if at all? Uh, I recently imploded at a gravel race as the route wasn't made public, and I hadn't predicted such steep climbs, so I was very overgeared. That's his example of... Uh, a, an equipment mistake. So I don't, I don't think he's necessarily talking about mechanical equipment. Like you you have a mechanical problem, like a flat tire, or your disc brake rotor falls off for no reason. Or he's like, you chose the wrong equipment for the course. Mm, I see. Which I, I don't know. Actually, now that I read it, I don't know how relevant that was to your situation. Yeah. But- what the hell?
0: <laughs> 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 Is he asking, What's he asking?
1: <laughs> so he's, he's asking. Yeah, he's asking like, have if you, you ever ch- made an equipment mistake that was like, you know, you ch- whatever equipment you chose was like a complete mistake for the race. You know? Oh.
2: I mean I, I did um I, so. I did a race earlier this summer I called the Lutzen 90 so. er And I raced a hardtail and and I should have raced a full suspension. I mean it was like mm. the hardtail was like absolutely the wrong bike.
1: Yeah. Um I will say that one of my favorite things is trying to figure out what bike setup is the fastest for a
2: course. Uh, And I obsess a lot. I obsess a lot about it. So, Dude, yeah. Remember, I told you guys about that local mountain bike race that we put on like two weeks ago. Dude, that was a mistake. I ran 2.4 tires and I lost the hill climb in the grass. Should have been on like 2.1 tires. So do you think that was because of the tires? Uh maybe not. <laughs> yeah, what you
3: just, like, that's my excuse.
1: <laughs> well, so like I'm, so I'm just saying that a lot of these short track mountain bike races have a lot of grass in them, and they'll still just run two point fours. Like Nino still just has the two fours on his bike.
2: That's true. I mean, I'm not saying that, but Nino's never won a short track I, race.
1: Sure, and I'm also not saying that <laughs> everything the, everything the pros do is automatically right because we know that that's not right but you just have to like look a little ways back in history to realize every how, single one that's not wearing aero socks is I mean yeah right? exactly,
2: <laughs> exactly. So, so maybe maybe this listener should ask this question two weeks from now after Dylan runs drop bars on his mountain bike
1: yeah we'll see <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah um, Hugo what about you man have you ever chose the wrong equipment
0: uh
2: it's <laughs> I guess for
3: road racing, it's pretty tough to do. The only thing I can think of is just not running the tires you want or are confident in, you know, mm-hmm. especially in a crit. If you're not confident in your in your tires, then you can't really rip the corners like you need to.
2: Yeah. I've um, been talking about that, like, recently with some other people, um, especially today with, with some of the cyclocross guys in the other podcast. But, like, a lot of times people will make the mistake of, like, they have a race wheel set and it has like race tires on them, but then they train on a completely different wheel set and tires. Yeah. And then they go to the race and they like, don't know how to corner their bike because their wheels are stiffer and their tires are, you know, completely different. Um, happens all the time in cyclocross. Like people will run tubular tubulars for, for the race, but then in practice they're running like clinchers or tubeless and like the tires are just completely different.
0: Yeah. Yeah, cross. you had to make a lot more equipment decisions. But, like, I don't
1: get to choose my equipment. So sure. I literally have, don't have this problem because I, you just I mean, I, whatever is put on there. I think that just in general, this is less of a problem for road, and this is more like an off-road yeah, cycling yeah. problem because the, you know, the conditions – Like, what it, like it, there's no real choices, right? What do you mean? In road? In road.
0: Like, you either run well, you deep wheels or you run shallow wheels or, like – Sure. Much I, w- I would argue
1: that like every single team out there is making poor equipment choices when they go to Perry Roubaix. Um, mm. Like they should all be running wider tires than they're currently running. But, you know, whatever. I don't know. I think they know what they're doing. No, because <laughs> <Why not? Well, laughs> you, you would have here. Here's why that argument is bad. Go back go back 15 years and you would have said the exact same thing when they were running 23s. And now that they're not running 23s, you're like, oh yeah, I'm sure they know what they're doing. Dude, tires at Perry Bay are only gonna get bigger and bigger every year. So just how about you just like skip forward 10 years and get <laughs> the big tires already? You know what I'm saying?
3: Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, the only other thing for Road would be. Like I feel like a, like a, all professional teams make gear choices fairly frequently depending on terrain like during a grand tour or whatever. But yeah, we don't really have that luxury. So <laughs>
2: yeah, like this guy sure. was talking about how he didn't have the right gearing, but it was for a gravel race, and I don't know. That doesn't I don't quite understand that because for gravel, I, I feel like you should just have as much gearing as possible all the time. Like yeah, why, I mean, why would, you, people, why would you ever have a setup that's not like the widest
1: gear range? Some people run one by and they like have to carefully choose what size chain ring they're going to use. Like if it's going to be a ton of climbing, they need a smaller one, and if it's pretty flat, they're going to need a bigger one. But just guess. get a bigger
2: cassette, and then you can use the bigger chain ring all the time.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, personally, the gearing on my gravel bike works for the most climbing gravel courses that I do and the flattest gravel courses that I do. I don't have to change anything about the gearing. Dude, I had to pick races. my cross gearing and
0: I was like contemplating it for hours.
2: What do you mean what? you had to pick your cross gearing?
0: Well, I, I'm getting 46, 39 chain rings and I could either get 11 to 30 cassette or 11 to 34 cassettes.
2: Is this for
1: two by SRAM? Shimano. So what would you pick? I picked the
0: 11 to 34 because Mm, I wanted them all to be the same. (laughs) What?
1: Bad call, dude. Why? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. That's probably probably what I would have picked as well. What do you mean you wanted wanted them all to be the same? Like I want
0: all my wheel sets to be the same cassette because I don't want to have to make adjustments or be changing cassettes all the time. Because it's a pain in the ass.
2: Dude, I'm saying – but you think that you would – you think there's a point in time when she would need it? 39 34. No, yeah, not idiot. necessarily in a race, but like I
0: figured then I could be in the big ring more often. If I, I have 11 to 34 I, in the big I'm, ring. dude,
2: Yeah. But if you're in, if you're in a whatever, 46 34, dude, you're going to be cross chaining the shit out of that thing.
1: I'm, I'm not generally a big fan of one buys on drop bar bikes. Like, I've got two by on my road bike and my gravel bike, but I can see the argument for it in cyclocross. Like, I feel like it makes more sense in cyclocross to have one yeah, bike. Yeah, but
2: I don't have that option. Oh. Okay. Oh, you had to go two by. Yeah. Is it Di2 you- at least? Um, yes. Yeah, Wait, hold on. Is this the famous um, bike race chauffeur? Oh, my mom? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that was like the most classic Instagram post of all time. She's just begging to get on the podcast. Why did you, you see it, Dylan? It's like hanging out in no. my room. Like Scott, Scott said something. Like I bet I'm the only guy in this in the Peloton whose mom dropped them off at the race <laughs> this week. Oh yeah, I think I did see that. It <laughs> <That> was awesome. <laughs> Hi, yeah, why, dude? Why are your
1: captions on Instagram so long? All of a sudden. <laughs>
2: <Hi>. <laughs> are you about to go for a ride? Yeah. Where nice. are you going?
0: Uh, to the local brewery.
2: Oh, now we're talking.
0: It's the hill series ride, but okay. Scotty says I should do the hill, the flat series. That'll nice. Be she always gets dropped, and then she has to ride by herself. Give I'm her, so, like, give, her your, give her one of your, give her one of your
2: eleven thirty four cassettes, man. She's got that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what you have. The granny gear. You've got a thirty six thirty four. <laughs> oh, your easiest gear. Okay. I don't know what that means, but I'm just going to do the best I can. It
2: Sweet. took Scott two hours to Good research out what there. it means too.
1: <laughs> maybe you guys can come over after
0: all right, all right. Sure. see
2: you guys have fun Yeah. thanks for coming yeah all right so many guest appearances this week yeah it's awesome <laughs> so scott so you finally have some bikes coming for cyclocross at least yeah are you are you doing your own program or are you find a team to race no i'll just yeah
0: it's my own mm-hmm. thing privateer scott yeah privateer all black oh, like, kit. No, I'll just race in the fucking kit I have. Wildlife. Wildlife. Why? Uh, they're not
2: giving you bikes. Why would I buy kit <laughs> to make a statement? <laughs> you don't own dude. any other cycling gear. No, no, gear? dude, you need to do it. Well, to make I'm, a I'm
0: getting the sponsors of the team are sending me equipment. So, oh, okay, that, oh, okay. like, yeah. Well, yeah, that makes sense then.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were like. So you're getting your a, you're getting a
1: specialized cross bike.
0: Yeah, I have, I have one frame, and then cool. I actually need to get another frame. Sweet. Nice. And I is is have, it the new Crux? Yeah, whatever. I mean, unless they came out with one like last week. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, those are sick. Yeah, it's just a, yeah, the Crux.
3: You can race gravel now with that. First. I was going to yeah, say, yeah, those are race. gravel
0: bikes. How do you feel about that? It's only gravel bike if you ra- ride it on gravel,
1: <laughs> 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 which I do on my road bike. So, Dude, can we talk about these atrocious Aero Socks that they gave you guys? No. <laughs> they also only gave them to me. <laughs> oh, for Maryland, yeah. yeah. Dylan says was, they're not arrow. They only gave them to you? Yeah, he only had one pair, so he's like, here, you can have them. So I did look them up, and they were – they said they were arrow fitted which I guess just means tight. They're nice socks. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're probably not arrow, but – The fact that you're looking up the aerodynamics of my <laughs> socks. Yeah. <laughs> <that's a problem. laughs> Yeah, well, you, like, texted me, and you're like, you happy now? So I had to, like, look up whether I was happy, <laughs> yeah. and I'm not happy. I'm pissed. You're always dude. pitching at people <laughs> <all our arrows. laughs> It's, like, the most obvious decision you could possibly make. <laughs> like, there's no downside. Like, a lot of things in with cycling equipment, like, there's an upside and there's a downside, right? You know, like, oh, like, I don't know if I want to do the aero bike because it's a little bit heavier, or I don't know if I want to do the aero helmet because it's a little bit hotter, right? There's, like, no downside with the Aero socks thing. It's just upside. Are they less comfortable? No. Are they harder to put on? I found they, them harder to put on. They do sometimes, like, slip down your ankle if they're not, like, if they don't fit you properly. Also, they seemed like they were, uh, like, like
0: my feet were almost sliding. They like they were, like, slippery. they so thin,
1: yeah.
0: Like my feet were, mm-hmm. like, sliding in the
1: shoe more. hmm
0: not just that your problem. shoes up
1: well you need to get I mean you need to get different socks because like the ones that I have are the bottom of the sock is just regular sock okay this and goes then it's only the
0: equipment the- using thing like you just use whatever
1: they give you but <laughs> <laughs> sure dude I I feel like I feel like if I was on a uh, a pro road team and I think you get kicked off in like the first week <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think I would man for sock choice <laughs> well, I just, like, there'd be a lot of things where I'm like, well, we could be doing this better, and uh, they'd probably get pissed at me. You know? You could be, like, the performance manager or something. Yeah, be like Dan Bigham for Enios, yeah. the aero yeah. engineer. You should dude, do he's that. Like, for, like, he's, like, like my hours. idol, man. He's my idol because, like, like I was talking about this. We were, After he broke the hour record, we were talking about this, but, like, he is, dude, he... To break the hour record, he did like 350 watts or something like that. Maybe 360. He didn't have a power meter, so they're just estimating. That's like the power output that some really fast amateurs can do. And that was enough for him to break the hour record. And the only reason why he was able to do that is because he's so fucking smart. Like, that gets me so stoked.
2: (laughs) I don't think I've ever seen Dylan show this much emotion before.
1: Yeah, dude. Dan Bigham is an inspiration. We should have him on the podcast. All right, work on it. All right. I'll send him a message. Sweet. Well, we got anything else? Yeah, we, we got to meet Ray Lewis. Um, I don't even know who sick. that is.
0: That's, <laughs> you, that's pretty sad. Adam, you know who that is, right? Yeah, dude. Baseball player. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No. Who is that? He's like one of the most like famous football players, right?
2: Yeah, uh, he's, he's
0: like a, he's like a legend for the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Gotcha. Does he does he ride bikes?
0: Yeah, that's yeah. why he was there. Cause he was Sick. like he's like a big cyclist. He did the charity ride like the day before.
2: Okay. Did you guys do the charity ride? Fuck no.
0: <laughs>
1: Not that we have anything against charity, but we were like doing the race, like
2: <laughs>
1: Yeah. Dude, someone, somewhat related to this whole like Maryland cycling classic being the biggest U.S. race now, like why do you think it is that huge American races like the Tour of California or the Tour of Utah are just went away? Like why? why wasn't America able to just prop up these races for years and years and years? Why did they get canceled?
0: I don't know. I think it's like a bunch of different reasons with each race. It okay. just happened like there was like a co- like it was a coincidence that it like they started disappearing for different reasons for different races.
1: Yeah, I mean, some, um, somehow Europe is able to keep these races
2: going for like a hundred years. You know. Yeah, but it's a it's a way bigger sport in Europe. Sure. Yeah. Like that's why that's why the industry is clinging so hard to gravel right now is because they've never seen this kind of explosion in, in participation mm-hmm. in like any other discipline before. Like yeah. every gravel race is selling out. So like the, the industry is trying to like really hold tight to that and, and take advantage of it. But it's just, I mean, it's just really hard. Like, you know, you can't, can't get like mainstream, uh, news media to cover it. Like seriously, that's what's kind of like different about what Maryland cycling classic is doing. Like they were actually able to bring a ton of publicity to this race. Um, yeah. So that could be a game changer for road cycling in, in future years. But I mean, even like the, the, um, you know, like tour of California and stuff. Like, I mean, it, there were, there were some years where it was covered on like actual NBC sports and stuff. But, um, a lot of times it's just like all these, you know, stupid, obscure, uh, like media outlets that are covering it. And it's like, well, unless, kind you're, of... unless you're a cyclist, you don't own flow bikes. Like sure. no one. So no one else outside of the sport can watch it.
0: Yeah. Right. yeah the, they did. Uh, the like marketing for this race was like impressive. Like, you have all to, over, yeah. like Everywhere on social media, it came up on my feed, like a sponsored ads, and they had billboards up in the city and like posters everywhere and stuff. And then what we saw on the news last night, what they say? Like it was $12 million in estimated economic impact from the race. I don't know. Wow. But
3: yeah, during, like the days before the race, during our pre-rides, I mean, we had we had random people that are definitely not cyclists or follow
0: cycling or have any idea like what cycling yeah, is Just like screaming like yeah they knew about the race yeah know,
3: it was, yeah that's it was, sick
1: yeah so i mean why why didn't they why didn't they decide to make it like a stage race why is it one day i'm not sure i mean i don't know exactly why but
0: mm-hmm. that may be something they're trying to do in the future i heard yeah. they were like they have goals
3: to make it a day Dude, or two. I, longer. I think,
2: I think the one day is even a better idea though. Like you, you start to lose people's following after a couple days. Like you, you yeah. hype it up for one day. Yeah. You know? And, and then everyone comes out for that one day and they're stoked on it. Yeah. Um, and it's like Sunday on Labor Day weekend where everyone's kind of like in
1: party I, mode. Cool I party mode, I, Yeah. I, I, I do. It does seem like maybe the multi you know, the multiple day thing, which is so prevalent in cycling might confuse people who don't know anything about cycling. They're like, wait, you have to, it's like, is it the, the fastest person today didn't win the race. There's another race tomorrow and they got to like take the (laughs) cumulative, you know, it's it's like confusing. It's like, it's not just because other sports don't work that way. Like they don't play I mean, I, I guess in like playoffs for like football or whatever, there's an, there's an ultimate goal, but there's a, um, you know, it's not like you play like freaking five football games in a row to determine which of the two teams. Yeah. I mean, won. the
2: closest thing would be like the way like NBA or MLB or NHL playoffs work where it's like a series, you know, you got to win yeah. five out of or four out of seven games or something like that. But you know, I mean, I mean that, I don't know. I guess, I mean, that kind of makes more, it's like easier to follow. Cause there's only two teams. It's way harder to follow when you've got 180 guys. Sure. And it's like, I, I'll be honest within the
1: race and stuff. I'll be honest. As a cycling fan, I like watching one day racing better than watching a stage race, because I feel like in a stage race, uh, you know, a lot of the stages, people are just trying to conserve so much energy that the race gets kind of boring. And in a one day race, That is not the case. Like, it's, you know, a lot of times it's like what happened at, you know, Maryland Cycling Classic. Like, people are going for it and they're not worried about the next day. Like, they're like, I've got an
2: idea. The US should come out with a US holiday classics series. So it's based around all the US holidays. So you've got like Memorial Day, you've got Fourth of July, you've got Labor Day. I don't know, Halloween. Is that a US holiday? you know, like, but like base it around like holidays in the U S and then you can take advantage of all these people that are like just having a holiday weekend anyways.
0: Yeah. I think the size of Baltimore was a good city for it also because mm-hmm. it was like, it's not like a huge city where you can't like, like you can't shut down New York city for like sure. rates. Right. But like it's big enough where there's a lot of people and it's in like, like people from philly came down or people from dc came up so it's like in this metro area Yeah, the
2: east coast makes it a lot easier for transit for people and for sure like
0: everyone was like shocked at how like when we did the county portion and how good like the riding was they're like this is awesome like everyone was saying how beautiful it was like out in the horse country and stuff so i think it was yeah successful for sure sick
2: sweet well uh should we wrap it there Sure. Sure. Good, because I gotta go. Anyways. (laughs) I'm already running late. Later. See ya.